and now here's Ronnie. <laughs> hey, welcome to More yes. to Come, PW Comic World's hey. weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Well, this week we're actually welcoming Ron Wimberly back to more to come. Welcome back, Ron. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Hey, this is you, your first. We're, you're, 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 this is your second time back. Yeah. But we're going to talk to you about the same yeah. book <laughs> again for the first time. Yeah. Well, that's right. But 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 yes. In many ways, it's it'll be the first time because we're we're, we're here to talk about Prince of Cats, uh, your your extraordinary adaptation, reimagining, recreation. Uh, I, I, I tell everybody of Romeo and Juliet, but it's really you carved out mm. a part of Romeo and Juliet mm. and, and, and brought it to life. So uh, welcome back to More to Come. Uh, we're going get, to get, get into it. All right, let's talk. Uh, and, you know, and I also want to tell you also that it's also uh, this new edition is in my, you know, every year I do, um, I edit the African American publishing feature. Oh. And one of the things I do... Uh, this year's this year's is in this week's is this week's issue anyway it's online and uh, this year where we focus on an issue this year we're focusing in the wake of Ta-Nehisi Coates' mm-hmm. book we're looking at essays and memoir mm-hmm. but what I also do is I do a listing of like all the books that are coming out in the next six months or so uh, the, the, by and about African Americans I pull out a, a number of books that are I think are like you need to pay attention to one of them is Prince of Cats oh, wow. the new edition. You know, it's in there among notable African American titles, so which makes you a notable oh. African American author. <laughs> I know, I'm, I know, I'm at least two out of those there three things. So, um, uh, I wanted to let let our listeners know. You know, we we did this once before on More to Come seventy eight. Yeah, that's about two years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we're back again, but that's because this is a new edition. A hardcover edition. It's blown up, literally. Yeah. I mean, it's expanded. The artwork is really popping. Um, it's I, I, I twice the size. It's twice. It? Yeah, we got Nearly. both issues here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's close. Yeah, I mean, close twice. Um, uh, tell us about well. Tell us a little bit about the first version. Mm. I mean, um, it was published for Vertigo. In what what year was it? I think that was two thousand twelve. Yeah. How did this come to print? Mm. And then let's segue into this hardcover edition, which is which is out in November, if I'm not mistaken, mm. from Image. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I you know that was back. I was doing some work. I had done sentences for Vertigo right. mm-hmm. and um, Karen Percy Berger. Carey's yeah, 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 biography. Yeah, yeah Percy awesome. Carey, mm-hmm. M.F. Grimm, yeah. the uh, you know uh, underground MC. Yes. Uh, also, I think writing comics now or doing stuff in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I had I I did that with Casey Sejas was the editor there at Vertigo, mm-hmm. and we built and we talked about doing something else and then like yeah Karen Green put me on Casey was my first editor and like uh-huh. I started working on that and then like you know man must have been let's see Sentences came out in like two thousand seven two thousand eight then like they they approved or they wanted the book. I think in the fall of 2007, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, years later, it came out um, to critical acclaim, if I uh-huh. can say so myself. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, and it sold out, uh, I think, out of print within that year. Um, so, okay, um, it, it, I discovered this book um, and it, this amazing adaptation. 
Um, but then it went out of print mm -hmm. pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, relatively. I think I think it was I think it was in print for like a year maybe. Um, <clears throat> and I found out because I was just looking for copies to sell on my own. You know, yeah. doing your little rounds. At yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, to my dismay. And here we are, like, um, what, two years later? No, more than two years later. Four years later? Three years later? And um, I had I had been talking to Image about doing some work with those guys, and then they said they were interested in putting it back out. And I was like, yes, I would love to, because I feel like it didn't really get yeah. sort of the treatment it deserved when it first came out. I mean, so. Well, I mean, just on the physical production, it's mm -hmm. transformed. Uh, it, it, I don't. I don't feel like it got enough publicity either. Mm -hmm. But we, as we were talking earlier, you know, what publisher does really right. sometimes give, uh, particularly I think highly eccentric, unusual properties. <laughs> um, eccentric. I don't make enough money to be eccentric. Yeah. You just well, called me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in the, today's marketplace, doing something um, wildly imaginative mm -hmm. might be seen as eccentric mm -hmm. as a sum. But really, what I mean is bringing a, a really incredible personal vision to this material. I think sometimes publishers don't quite know what to do with mm -hmm. that. I just want to get to a little bit about how um, you brought the book to Image. Mm -hmm. They they connect they contacted you. Mm -hmm. I mean, what, I mean for our uh, our listeners who may not know, um, Image has a slightly different model now. I know it's different for every artist mm -hmm. these days because they become such a force in the business. Mm -hmm. uh, but it started out. It's kind of a collective. They mm -hmm. kind of um, you, you you can uh, sort of apply. Uh, solicit your work there. Mm. Excuse me. You can you can uh, submit your work mm -hmm. to them. It's got to be accepted, but it's not quite the same. Some artists pay a certain fee, but mm. they handle all the distribution. Yeah, they, I don't know what everyone yeah, else does. Yeah, like, yeah, I think it's just like a really small, like a uh, tight crew that handles everything there, like uh, bare bones. And <clears throat> I think the um, from how I'm seeing it, uh, real talk. Like I feel like it, whatever publisher. I've been a part of, you know, um, well, I can only speak, all right, so I think, like, the Marvel stuff sells itself, right, right. and, like, they, they do, they do whatever, um, I don't know, I've never seen an ad for a Marvel comic, right, and I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the nerds out there, yeah. it's like, they do all the work, you know, yeah. like, and there is, um, comics, uh, journalism promoting the books or whatever but a lot of it is just kids online like sharing people right. who are really right. into it I shouldn't say kids because most of them are right. um, and then you know you have and they'll be they'll have their ads in their own publications and in comics books sure. but if you're outside of that like if you're like me you will mm -hmm. probably like if I didn't make comics I would probably never know about anything that's happening with <laughs> Marvel or DC Comics Except for when they kill one of their characters that happens to be in a movie, and then you'll see, like, yeah, right. on page, you know, whatever of the entertainment, whatever magazine, they'll mention, oh, in other news, big publisher Marvel is killing Wolverine. And it's like, <laughs> that's the only time I would probably hear about Wolverine yeah. outside of a movie yeah. or something, right? Well, let me ask you, where do you think your fans are? Because, I mean, mm -hmm. part of what I'm saying about that is that you... you you're you're a different breed in this new publishing world that we live in today. Do you see your, for instance, what I do is write about comics in the book trade. Mm -hmm. Now we look at the traditional comics market and the direct market too, because there there are there are some crossover and they 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 are both of use for mm -hmm. publicity and sales, obviously. But where where is your market? That's do good. you see yourself? 
that's I see question. you in the book market. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> yeah, probably, <laughs> probably that's what it is. I think like, um, yeah, where do I where do I find books or things that I really that I really like? I mean, usually they're, you know, there are there are either like design books, weird magazines, mm-hmm. like printed matter or something would be sure. someplace I'd be like oh let me go check this out or like maybe uh, a boutique that has books but also like specializes in like culture or lifestyle sure. or something like that I might go and I see something interesting and weird and I pick it up <laughs> and I want it outside of that it's probably like I don't know yeah it's a book like it may what do I find on my way to go towards like books <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean yeah, like, sure um, I could definitely see myself in some of these uh, smaller boutique comic book stores but i find i probably i usually go in there to like support my friends or like to see other people working in comics i wonder if i would ever even go into a comic book store if like <laughs> i mean i'm just keeping it 100 percent. sure you know what i mean sure. like, i don't know if i ever would if i didn't work in comics so like um that's interesting and to think about like yeah what's my market i don't know to be honest i feel like a little bit i feel a little bit out of touch sometimes when i'm in like uh the comics the strictly comics circle sure. so it probably would be in literature like publishing like, yeah uh, yeah that's what bookstores. I store well in, in some museum ways museum shops like gallery yeah, mm-hmm. shops sure. you know libraries sure. maybe you know I think kids going into the library like looking for stuff I think that's where I've picked up a lot of my uh, stuff absolutely yeah yeah well uh, it's interesting I think one of the things we discussed before and we were talking about Paul Pope mm-hmm. I mean Paul Pope was one of the first comics guys that I realized sort of had a foot in both worlds, mm-hmm. and in almost as a, and in fact for him it was a strategy, it was mm-hmm. a strategic move. He was known in the comics world, but he was also known in the self-publishing mm-hmm. indie comics world. And I, I, let's talk about Paul because yeah, like my sure. experience Any with time. Paul, <laughs> my experience with Paul is different because like I know uh, his THBs were one of the few things that I picked up. Sure. And I would go to the comic book store to pick them up, but like. I knew before I was going to the comic book store what I was going to get. Yeah. I made a beeline to that. <laughs> I maybe got Blade of the Immortal. Sure. I remember like um, sure. Black and White was coming out in floppies around the time I found his work. Yes, and yes. like that's what I caught. And then I walked out. Yeah. Like I didn't go. I you know I went to like the adult section. Maybe I got like some uh, you know like Ripple or something. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. Dave Cooper or something. But yes. like yeah, no. Yeah, another great kid. That comic. stuff is what I was I was looking for. Sure. And I feel like at the time when I would talk to people. We're like, oh, you're in the comics? And I'd be like, yeah, I'm in the THB. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> and then people found out who Paul was, like, at large, yeah. after Batman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, after Batman, they were like, oh, yeah, all of the comic book, you know, geek types, they're like, yeah, I know Paul Pope. But before that, even, like, Heavy Liquid and stuff, it was like, man, it was so few people. And I know because, like, I didn't have that connecting point with a lot of people who said they were in the comics. Like, sure. You know, no, you're absolutely right. I mean... THB Even people who maybe one of my yeah. touchstones too. Yeah, no, I love that. You know that, yeah. I love that stuff. Um, and, and and of course, Paul's whole approach to like recreating himself and his books. Mm. Uh, but now, you know, Paul is kind of segue to this. And you know, he's this kind of uh, trans or cross media mm. figure who is functioning kind of primarily in the book market, mm-hmm. like right now. You know, with his connection with First Second. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're sort of waiting for some other things to happen there. Mm. And in fact, I'd love to see another take on THB. Well, he got. He, he, oh, I'm not gonna. I'm, that's his story. To yeah, play. I know. Like, I know. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I've talked to him a lot lately. He's working. He's, yeah, that's he's what's putting good in to that hear. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's putting yeah, out that work. That's good to hear. But so. I would love to see another completed 
full on mm -hmm. THB, but I'll, to, I'll talk to him yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll sit over here too. Yeah, all right, that's good. We can all come in and talk together. So, yeah. but this is good because this is getting, it's giving a little background as we, we as we're going to jump back more mm -hmm. into uh, Prince of Cats. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, Blade of the Immortal, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Samurai, mm -hmm. that, that's a part of the, the influences in mm. this book as well. Yeah, yes. not really even manga though. More like uh, or anime. Old, not even anime. Not anime. Oh, okay, yeah, right. old, old like um, Jidaigeki because like mm -hmm. uh, what I got into, like my first experience with uh, kind of man, I I was gonna say my first experience with like Japanese visual culture, but it's not true, you know, because it was like the '80s and so much of the visual culture was like in American culture you know, just transplanted without us really even knowing mm. about it. But when I was a kid, um, I used to watch the International Channel. Just like, mm. because growing up, like in the 80s, like I feel Saturdays and Sundays, they would have like Kung Fu, uh, you know, movies mm -hmm. that would come on in the, like the afternoon or the yeah, late yeah. morning. And so I kind of got conditioned to when it wasn't, you know, when it wasn't, when the primary figures weren't like either white people or reactionary to that, so meaning like mm -hmm. black exploitation films, mm -hmm. it was probably a, um, it was probably like kung fu or, um, or you know, like the Sentai stuff they would do, yeah. like you know, Ultraman and stuff. Sure. And I started to watch the the international channels, and that's when I got into. Uh, there was a show about a shogun who would like hide his identity and then i saw ron for the first time uh -huh, okay and it wasn't even translated and i just watched it just waiting for violence and like <laughs> i didn't know i was an watching, interesting point yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i didn't know i was watching essentially king lear yeah. right? right 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 um and like so that spoke to my first experience with shakespeare and so like that's why you know i'm pulling from that in there also like the idea of dueling uh -huh. um, uh, there's a lot of little references in there It's not just aesthetic But it is largely aesthetic And the cover even references um, A film called Sword of Doom <clears throat> I think like the The Closer translation of the title is like Buddha's Pass or something mm -hmm. like that And it's about a guy who um, <clears throat> Is Pretty bloodthirsty And yeah. like disciplined about his Sword use right and so I saw parallels with Tybalt and that's where like a lot of that influence comes from old Japanese cinema, period cinema, mm -hmm. you know, uh, costume dramas and Shambara, like, you know, mm -hmm. sword, sword dramas. Um, I know there's a reference in Prince of Cats to Tsubami Gaeshi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tsubami which I, 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 I only know vaguely, yeah. but that, that's like sword play. It's like a, it's a cut, it's a swallow's tail cut. Ah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a yeah. certain technique, a certain approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> a, it's um, they're they're like these two, like they call kensei, right? It means like kind of like sword gods or something, yeah. like that. Sword, sword like masters. Mm -hmm. And there's a um, I don't want to say too much because I, I okay, like okay. I like for people to look look I, stuff I, up. I, I you hear know? you. I hear but what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. It, there's a saying. parallel. There's a parallel happening. Someone just asked me on Tumblr the other day about it, and I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna tell. I'm not gonna tell you because I, I want you. Yo, I know you know this what? Some interviews. Google said, it. No, no, yeah. you gotta do some work too. Google it. Yeah, look it up. I'm like, I want you to discover the things that like I discovered. That's, that's and there's something so great about 
you know, there's so many things I, you know, you're reading and you're like, okay, let me look that up. Let me look that character up. You know, like, uh, the animation, um, Samurai Champuru, right? Like, Mm -hmm. is like that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great. And I think it's for, and I'm not even talking about Americans watching it, but I'm talking about like Japanese kids watching Champuru. They have so many little, uh, bits of American culture in that. And also, I guess for us too, there's so many little like obscure things like the Shimabara Rebellion and like, you know, Christianity in mm-hmm. Japan that are like hidden through this. And I'm like, I want people to experience that. Like how I experienced even uh, watching Don, right? Like watching that and uh, figuring out like, oh, what's the historical precedence? You know, mm-hmm. like what's the, oh, this is Sengoku period. Okay, so what is that? You know, mm-hmm. I can try and, you know, like figuring out all these things. So, I would like for I put it in there for people to have that experience. Well, that's, well they can just gleam over and be like, "Oh, it's just cast with swords too." But like, you know. I will verify that it's that it, that's happening because yeah. that that's <laughs> been, like I said, I mean Shakespeare. I, you know, I have the basics, but I know a lot more about Romeo and Juliet now than <laughs> I ever did before, and it's from trying to trying to run down the characters mm. and make sure I understand their relationships mm. and how you've transformed them. But I, I, I just want to jump back to the notion that your hybridized Shakespeare carve-out, your, your first encounter with, with Shakespeare, essentially, yeah. was a hybrid. Yeah, and also it's like <clears throat> Romeo and Juliet and a lot of Shakespeare was already like that. Like mm. uh, Shakespeare made up uh, I mean, he had a lot of innovations, and I think it, you know, um, but he just stole a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, he's a he's a thief. Like none of the, you know, sure. like this was I think it was a French and an Italian uh, play before uh, like, a story. Uh, it's like, you know, um, I'm losing some of my research from the, you know, when yeah. I did the book. But like, yeah, a, I mean, there were things that I stole from the things that like he, he stole, stole from <laughs> in in the book. You know, so like it's not, you know. I'm I'm trying to do what he did, you know? Mm. I'm not really trying to... Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I'm not really trying to adapt, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm trying... Sure. I was trying to approach storytelling and approach uh, the tradition of the story that I'm telling in the same way that I perceived that he did. Like, I'm not... Uh, mm. You know, I'm not a scholar of... You know, like, I don't know a whole lot about his life. I just know, like, what I've read and you know my my own sort of autodidactic path sure. of trying to yeah. figure out exactly what yeah, it was sure, but sure. like i i wanted to take that approach even down to the point of the um formal constraints that i made with the book in mm-hmm. terms of like the layouts kind of rhyming and like mm-hmm. having that um that rhyming scheme of the layouts i wanted to do something where okay well what was shakespeare doing and like <clears throat> i didn't really have a outside of the actual formal constraint of like okay a page count and a shape of a book i mean those are constraints for comics um outside of that though i felt like i wanted to do something to capture like sonnet form or like sort of the same type of constraint that he had so that's why like I, that's that's where i was saying i didn't tell that to my editors because i think they probably have been like holy shit man just like tell a story you know like right, right. don't you know like don't <laughs> And actually, that's what I think. Vankin, Jonathan Vankin, or someone yeah. told me that they're like, "Yeah, don't, don't let them know that you're doing this." Don't, like, don't break your process down for yeah, that yeah, much. Yeah. They, you uh-huh. know, d- deliver just deliver right. the book. Just do it, you know. 
Well, well, you delivered. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna break this up for just a second because I'd love to hear you talk about just the difference. I mean, the physical differences mm. in the two books now. Mm. I mean, we're talking about bigger, it's not harder. it's bigger, that's for sure. <laughs> but I mean, were there any other changes made, or mm. or uh, I, I know you worked with some designers. I think who worked with you on this. Oh uh, well, yeah, Jordan Haley. Uh, mm. Jordan is Carbine Labor Industries. Um, <clears throat> He worked with me before to do the type you see on the cover mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, and he great. also did this great sort of like... The, the end papers, yeah. This, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah, that graphic there, yeah, like yeah. the letter forms and like this yeah. design like that. He yeah. did that for me. Which really embodies like the entire story in like graphic form. Yeah. You know? So like I worked with him to do the um, black on black of the inside oh yeah the cover hard yeah, cover yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we worked the, on that with the spade and the, and the heart yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like the yeah, symbols yeah. for like exactly what yeah, happens yeah <clears throat> and <clears throat> and I you know and then outside of that like I kind of brought to you know some of how I how I saw I put my my chops in there and just kind of like you know I wanted to flex a little bit on the design of the book make it look really mm-hmm. nice and you know put what I wanted to do the first time like the cover for the first one was like not even the final cover but like they went to press so fast it's just like they you know they missed uh missed a bit so on this one or on, this on, on the original, yeah, on the original. Oh, on this one so, ah. yeah so I fixed uh-huh. I fixed that um a lot of the sound we still got um <clears throat> I fixed some of the uh the sound effects uh-huh like uh I, I put hand drawing um sound effects on there but we still have Jared K. Fletcher on the lettering so like he did you know same lettering mm-hmm. he did a great job uh, I changed a little bit of the titles like I wanted the titles to be more cohesive mm-hmm. and that's something that got out of my hands uh, a little bit the first time so I, I, I fixed that I did a, a there was a really strong um, pass on the editing again uh-huh. you know so like I have a homie who uh, um helped me with that uh so you edited your text yes yeah again 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 Mm -hmm. again. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um and yeah and also the sketchbook in the back i put like a oh yes that's right there's a whole that's right there's a whole sketchbook you can see like my thought process yeah 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 character designs there's like there's a whole sequence that didn't even end up in the book like the sequence that i redrew like that sequence right right there is um that's how it originally opened but then i i changed i actually changed the whole story so Petruchio uh, doesn't appear at the beginning of the yeah. the book. Now. So does he appear in? Is he here in this original? Because yeah, you can see him in these breakdowns. Hold on. Uh, uh, there he is. Hold on. There he is. Right there. Yeah, yeah. Cornrows. Yeah, yeah. I switched, yeah. switched it all out, man. Uh, so like, yeah. you can see. You can even see like when I was watching Eighty Blocks from Tiffany's and I was drawing yeah. the characters yeah, 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 in yeah. that, like there and there. Yeah, yeah, Costumes yeah. that never made yeah. it in. Yeah, it's rich, yeah, like, folks. I'm yeah, telling you, it's yeah. rich. Go and buy it. Go and buy it. It's rich. You're gonna be satisfied. Christmas is coming yeah. up. Kwanzaa. You know, come Kwanzaa. on. <laughs> come on. Man. How many days in Kwanzaa? Are they? Like twenty I, I, days in Kwanzaa. Something like that. Something like so. You get one for everybody. All Come on. I tell you, man. I'm telling you. Put it in a gift wrap, and everybody will be happy. Um, uh, so let's talk about. To tell you, just for since I'm saying, uh, give, can you give us a little simplified notion of what you've done with Romeo and Juliet? Oh, uh, all right. It's I like to say it's the B sides to Romeo okay, and Juliet, bet, right? Bet scratched with like bet downtown eighties 
like you know beat bop ramel z yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like you know a little bit of you know what i mean liquid liquid or something you know what i mean like John, that, jenny says you're cj yeah <laughs> yeah he's so he's <laughs> that's the intro that's John, that phd yeah, yeah. dr dr john jennings uh artist himself he actually he's got a he's got this yeah. octavo butler uh, adaptation of, of kindred coming yeah, out yeah. in january um, one of the organizers of uh, Schomburg's mm-hmm. comic book festival, which is coming up next month in January. He's his own sort of comic he, book Schomburg. He is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's yeah. got it going by coastal. Because yeah. he's got the same thing going on in San Francisco, mm-hmm. yeah, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he did the introduction. Yeah, when I heard him talk, we were at um, yeah. San Diego, and he's talking about stuff, and I'm just listening. I'm like, because I, I was trying to figure out who's going to do it, you know, and then I'm just hearing him talking. I'm like, this boy's smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got like, to yo, pick the right man. Go ahead and you like, pick hey, the right man, no question know. about it. And he's like also part of, what's the group, Black Kirby? Who oh, does I don't this. know about that. That's you ever heard of seen Black Kirby? No. no, he got this, oh man, him and, I forget the other brother's name that works with him, but he's, he got a whack, wild style, mind-blowing. Um, uh, Rosarium Publishing has published hmm. a couple of books by him. I think it's, he's got this one thing about this I can't even describe it. Yeah, oh, you, wow. you, we'll, 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 we'll have to. Get, I got to get John on one of this. I have to get you and John on okay. here. You, John, and Paul Pope. Yeah, no, be, I think that would be a good. <laughs> that would be the yeah, summit yeah, yeah. meeting. That'd be the summit. Um, but and yes, the, that's the visual mm-hmm. uh, matchup. But you also the language. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we talked about this before. The 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 text, mm-hmm. the verse. Um, well, that's why it's like that's why it's the B sides mixed. With, yeah, like, you know what I mean. So like the language is still there. Like I um, try to <clears throat> flip, deconstruct uh, the um, Elizabethan English, uh, mixing it with some um, slang, you know, and yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. Let me let me see if let me see if I can <laughs> find something. I tricked I tricked uh, Karen Green I think a couple yeah. times. But she's a medievalist, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I tricked her a couple times. She thought she thought it was uh, original text, ah! but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, and vice versa. You know, like she, I me, tricked it. Let me find. Let me find something. I mean, there's there's a there's a passage really very late in the book. Just don't ask me to read it. No, I'll read it. I'll read it. <laughs> I mean, actually, I mean, one of the other things the book touches on so many things. I mean, it, you know. It, 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 it kind of touches on the, this this notion of this ability of young people to kind of throw their lives away. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there's a, there's a gang banging mm-hmm. component to it. Um, you know, it's Shakespeare, but we're in Black Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. We're at Coney Island. We're mm-hmm. at the you know Mermaid Parade. Right, right. Um, there's there's gangification, gang, gang gouging, gang gouging, gang <laughs> slashing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Um, I think is. Are you talking about from Act One, Scene One, before Act One, Scene One, yeah. where they're at the Japanese restaurant? Yeah, they're at some place where yeah. he says uh, they're talking about gentrification. Yeah, a and little there's bit. A, there's a great. Which part is that? Yeah, yeah let me it's see. A, it's a it's a I'll great. It uh, it's right after. Um, it's a great quote. Yeah. I mean, where where I think it's uh, Samson and uh, Gregory right. are like getting something to eat. Yeah, yeah. And um, you kind of sum it up. Those are like my favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's a really yeah. great section. Well, you know what? I'm thinking Hold about on. putting I it I wrote it down. Oh, yeah? And, and, okay. and, and uh, Samson is eating and they're sitting at the and he says, the hood is changing. Hmm. And um, uh, it says, you can't balk at good food because verily 
This is change I can stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm thinking like, you know, when you go out, I had this thing, you know, I live in Clinton yeah. Hill, and I'm like, and it's actually turned full circle on me, because I remember, you know, yeah, okay, what, you want like a Thai restaurant or something, you don't want to have to go like to another neighborhood to get food, and then, but like, sometimes you get to the point, it's like, man, we only have El Cofre, there's like a fish spot on Myrtle. Mm. We like we're running out of kind of like good, hearty, wholesome food that's like at a decent price yeah, yeah, in the hood. That's New York, and baby. It's like, and yeah, that's yeah, Brooklyn. yeah, yeah. I live on the Lower East Side. Yeah, Let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's nothing but condos right. and luxury condos. Yeah. Um, you know, I like Ivan Ramen. Ivan Ramen is right across the street from yeah. me. It's cool, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, that means something yeah. for Ivan Ramen to be there yeah. more than, you know, I just get a nice meal. Right. It means that, you know, the bodega is gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, but this is, you know, what, 2012, whatever you yeah. did this, and, <laughs> yeah. and, they're, sit, and they're, they're sitting here. Now, this is after, a, you know, you know, a bit, a big battle mm. on the train. Yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, it's Mercutio, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He's just a he, he just a laid waste. He's mean. He yeah, is yeah. laid waste. And but Samson and Gregory, they're at their new place. Not bad. This place, the hood is changing. <laughs> and it was as Aeschylus wills it. Where once were friends, leaning trees stand in concert. I'll not applaud this gentrification. <laughs> you cannot bulk at good food and drink, cause verily this is change I can stomach. Yeah. Samson, I have no appetite. Rather, my thoughts streaming train on vengeance. Yeah, yeah but, and in fact, there is quite a bit of vengeance mm. on the pages of Prince of Cats. Yeah. Um, I got a bunch of questions. Now, uh, <laughs> let me see here. We're going to hear, before, before all the time runs out, yeah. Um, well, you, you know, a lot of my questions you've been answering. Um, um, you know, what was it? Is there, there's a time frame mm. Here, but it's, it's 80s. It's yeah, 80s. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah um, it's a bit of a jilted time yeah. frame. I'm thinking it's like, it's somewhere between like, uh, you notice in uh, some of the Catholics, you notice Samson has like more of a late 70s look to him, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then yeah. you have like, Tybalt, like for me, it's it's kind of a joke. I was telling someone the joke of, um, yeah, uh, Prince of Cats is really just the extent. It's like, I, I did a story about the character from... Uh, Who's bad? You know, Michael Jackson's bad. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I did like I essentially, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's a bit of there's a bit of that, and even sort of like, you know, with um, the Montagues, I was thinking more like late '80s, like you know, I was thinking about hip house. I was thinking about like the low crew from right. like Crown Heights, and you know, in yeah, Brooklyn, yeah. like the low wearers like the cats who rocked all the polo yeah yeah like yeah, guys yeah. who had a little a different bit of a silhouette so i have my own sort of fashion narrative yeah yeah that's, place there's there a too. real narrative fashion narrative throughout the whole thing what about the 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 no mercy oh crew? yeah oh okay so like that's a bit of a that's a bit of a joke um yeah i because it's like no theater yeah I yeah, mean, yeah, to, yeah you know that's a they, vibe they dress up like their whole squad has got a a no a no squad yeah yeah and yeah. like I don't know if they talk about it, but I they're from like downtown Manhattan. Uh, and also it's kind of a reference to a post-punk band that was also called No Mercy that has like a kind of a problematic problematic uh song. Um but anyway, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> that's stuff you yeah, can go look it up. Yeah, folks. yeah, that's stuff you can look up, but like yeah, so their whole squad has got a yeah. vibe and it's like I was thinking like, "Oh, okay, so what are, what are these like these kids like they could be boom era 
Japan kids who are like in New York City. Mm-hmm. Their whole their whole steez is like, you know, no no masks, you know, and like no, and they're kind of they're punks, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, but they're also probably like the illest swordsmen, like yeah. that you you know like they don't like they go for hire, so they come in and the main character is based on, or the their agent character is based off of my homie Kibo uh, went to school with uh, who helped me with the language too cool. right um yeah, so they they get hired to come in and kind of like you know but they squash. run up on Tibble, yeah, they run up on Tibble, which is like he almost doesn't make it, yeah, yeah, know? yeah, um, but like uh because I mean as nice as he is like. Probably the leader of the no squad is nicer, but like they're you know like the um Barabbas, I believe is his name he tries to like shoot you know, oh, yeah, he yeah, thinks yeah. he's not going he's like oh no i don't, i'm I, you know I'm, it's one of the few times you see a gun in the in yes the book. Yeah, yeah yeah right yeah, that's yeah, the other thing because yeah, yeah. there's not there's not many I, that's the only one I remember yeah, 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 yeah. um but there's straight up violence yeah, yeah. it's a violent <laughs> book it's a it's, violent it's a book. now yeah, the yeah. violence is beautiful. Mm. Um, it's it's slashes. It's mm. it's uh, it's amazing. It's mm. but you know it means death. It's yes, yeah, aestheticized violence. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, aestheticized. Yeah, yeah. Violence. Um, yeah, which is interesting for me because like, uh, there's this game that I think artists play, and I feel like particularly, yeah, you know, like you might see it in film music you know so like Jidageki like Zatoichi mm-hmm. or like you know um like maybe you hear it in NWA or Future mm-hmm. or 21 Savage you know mm-hmm. you might hear like oh okay the aestheticization of like real violence and it's interesting is that the key of, of pop culture in our age today hmm. I mean I tend to think that hmm. That it's interesting. I, I had a, um, I've, I've heard people. This is totally a different format. I heard people criticize Man of Steel, mm. the the film, mm. for the violence in it because you know they, everybody goes on about because they, they destroyed all of Metropolis. Mm. I mean, it had to be like scores of death. Mm. And I heard people saying, "Oh man, it's going to destroy the Superman brand." This is an older mm. guy talking about it, and because Superman's not supposed to kill. But I'm thinking. That's probably a key element, key element in updating mm. Superman because I, I almost mm. wonder if a, if a property can be considered serious mm. in pop culture today if it doesn't have hyper stylized violence. That's a that's a um that's a very interesting um that's a very interesting uh, th- way of looking at it. Uh, with Superman, it's interesting. Um, there's there's hyper stylized violence, and then there's just like hyper there's like brutality there's, yes you know like i think yeah i think one of the things that would have been interesting with about uh superman is like it could have still been violent but like what is superman's place in that violent matrix like the world can update right yeah but like mm. how does how does that reflect even how do you put superman and his values in that space it could still be crazy violent like that um, Jidaigeki that I mentioned before, oh, man, what's the name of it? About the Shogun or whatever. He often fights and he uses the back end of his sword, <laughs> right? And like occasionally, he, yeah, he does mark people, mm-hmm. but like yeah. he does use the back end of his sword, and it's like he's got a, a so it's not to kill. Yeah, so it's not to kill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's interesting. Um, and I don't think they really. I remember the film kind of like what a shit show, but like. <laughs> 
one of the things I remembered was, well, I think the end was supposed to be like, wow, Superman, you're going to have to kill this guy. Yeah. And that is a statement. You know, that is a statement. So he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In, In regard to like his... You know how he thinks about justice, redemption, yeah. Yeah. community, because mm-hmm. that character comes from his community, right? right? Or right. is the community he comes from, right? right? Um, it was a very American movie, um, yeah. But they didn't really set up, yeah, why, well, like how how he would get to that point. No, and 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 I don't think there's that much thoughtfulness going into that. <laughs> that's right, because that's I think not what we those just did more thinking. I'm giving them a lot yeah. of credit only because it, it seemed in a, in a in a wild way yeah. to touch on some of these issues. Uh, though actually, I will give credit to Batman vs Superman, which is has its own problems. Yeah, that fool there's, me once, there's a shame level on, on you. True, fool me twice. I didn't see that movie. That, I don't. That, see that, it. That, I'm, not, I'm not encouraging anybody to see it. Though I think there's some issues. Uh, that there's some thoughtfulness mm. in the issue act, in that film. Actually, that maybe sets it apart from other superhero films. Mm. Even though I'm not going to make great claims for it. But let's get back to uh, uh, something else. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about the girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we first meet them in a, what is it, a Catholic school, the bathroom, oh, yeah, and they're yeah, going yeah. through girl talk. Yeah, yeah, now, we don't have to talk about what they're talking about, but, <laughs> but it's a lively sequence. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, it's, uh, it's Rosalind is there, and yeah, Jacqueline, yeah. Um, and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, just. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's how I sold the book because, like, <laughs> no. that's well, that's a great sequence. Yeah, I think that may be my favorite in the book. Although it does, what betray- do women say to you? I about think it? it betrays my age too when I wrote it. You know what I mean? A little bit. It's not that the characters wouldn't have had that conversation, yeah, yeah. but like you know, it's the same way. Yeah, it's well, definitely, it's well, definitely, yeah. it's definitely let's, my let's my gaze. It. Yeah, right? it's definitely my gaze. There you go. You know? There you go. Um, yeah, man. Um, I don't know what to say about that. I just thought about like some of the, some of my friends and like how they talk and like you know, um, thinking about oh what, you know what could happen, you know in my gaze like if I were a fly on the wall like what when would my ears perk up and that's probably when they would perk up. Also just the idea of her just like coming from the stall who knows maybe she's pooping or something. I was like I want to have like I like when people eat and when people like poop and like pee and <laughs> someone pees and poops in this comic yeah. you know what I mean? like, so, so like so it's yeah, all I, there. I love it it's, it's for real it's, it's all in for there, real right? <laughs> every, every body function happens in Prince of Cats if you're uh, so I mean the the penultimate I guess I could talk about this because it's you know this yeah. happens in the play yeah. it's not a secret I mean you know there's the uh, ultimately there's the confrontation between Romeo hmm. and Tybalt um, but there's before that there's Mercutio mm. kind of oh you know you know one thing I, I got away from me I, I wanted to ask you ask a little bit more about Petruchio from mm. the beginning because the book opens with uh, 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 Samson and and Gregory talking about mm. Petruchio who's just died mm-hmm. and and it's funny with Petruchio because he's 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 sort of in Romeo and Juliet but he's actually not. Oh, he's not in. Yeah, he's mentioned, I think, in the stage directions or yeah, something. Yeah, but he's not really something. in the he's play. Not. And in some ways, in this book, he's not there either. But he's this force that that is all through I the think book. He's like he's there, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> even <laughs> you when know? you don't see him. He's yeah, there. and and he's a um, <coughs> uh, he's a painter. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I artist. mean, he's a street artist. Um, and uh, and we see how we see how he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
at the end there, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but so many, so there's so much, there's so much a balancing of tragedy and moral force and confusion. Mm. And then, um, and essentially at the end, I mean, in, in, the, in the play, uh, what is it, Mercutio doesn't really realize that Romeo and Juliet have, have married, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that what happened? He doesn't really know it. Uh, You're talking it, about Mercutio or Tybalt? I'm talking about, well, Tybalt doesn't know. Tybalt doesn't know. But Mercutio, this, Mercutio yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Tybalt doesn't know. Mercutio does know. Yeah. Excuse me. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So many characters, I can't hear it. And there's this great weight there because he's like calling Romeo out at the end. Mm. But he, he doesn't, you know, Romeo want, doesn't want anything to do with him mm. at that point. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I actually don't even remember if Mercutio knew. <clears throat> no, I don't, think, I, don't I, think he, I don't think he knew. Maybe he didn't know. I can't, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, for, for this question, yeah, nah, like, that point, for me, that's kind of like the climax of, for the character, because he's come to a point where he's, he's got two different sort of motivations happening, you know, like, he's got sort of the motivation of everything that has been, like, pushing him up into that point, and, like, that sort of path of violence, but he also... He's got something else happening too, you know. Um, I I don't like to speak explicitly about uh, what I think, you know, or like kind of how, why I made the ca- character do what the character did, or like why I saw that that's how the character would <clears throat> perform, or how I even like kind of uh, reconciled. Um, for me, one of the problems being that everything that happened in the play kind of had to happen (laughs) you know like you know um the finality of it you know one of the things that had to happen was like yeah Tibble die Tibble dies in you know this story Mm -hmm. and it's important that he dies and it's you know um he kind of made that decision earlier on in the book I believe Mm -hmm. like you know yeah yeah uh well you know my questions are all over the place because honestly uh you know just as you're saying you, you know this isn't an adaptation. Mm. It's 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 a a, a creative and remo- emotional response, mm. I think, to a variety of things, a variety of issues, a variety of storytelling techniques mm. uh, to get your story out. Mm. And I think before, I mean, I think in our previous interview, uh, you told me you were just piggybacking on Shakespeare. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, a little bit. That, that was, you know. I mean, you know, yeah, you know. I, <laughs> but one of the things I thought when I was, because this was the first book. I mean, really, yeah. this is my first book that I've drawn and written. Um, and I, I kind of was like, well, you know, because at the time it se- it seems impossible. Actually, every time a book comes out, excuse me, that is like my work. Mm-hmm. It seems nearly impossible. So I was like, you know, whenever it gets greenlit or making, you know, making the the time and the money you need to, like, put it together seems like it's impossible. But even before that, like, getting someone interested in it, in it seems impossible. You yeah. Know? Um, and one of the things I thought is like, well, shit, you know, like, this is an idea I've kind of had in my head. And if I get one shot and I'm going to show something to Karen, like, yo. What are they gonna say? No to Shakespeare? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah like, I hear you. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, at least you know, a good twenty percent of the book is gonna be Shakespeare. Yeah, like, yeah, what are you gonna yeah. say? Like it's bad writing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and uh, you know, once again, um, 
it's really an extraordinary work. It's in really extraordinary in its new form now. Uh, I was telling you earlier, I mean, there's a, there's a couple of books that just I find uh, sort of bring the process you know, uh, the creative process to such a point that you want to, like, say, you want to, you know, grab people and say, mm -hmm. look at it. This book is one of them. I think, you know, David Mazzucchelli's City of Glass is another one. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, you, there are kind of obvious source materials mm -hmm. for both that you manage to both completely transform mm -hmm. uh, into something that's completely your own. I have to read that one. I read the last one, like the... Um Asterios, but I haven't read. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that Asterios is a great book too. But uh, uh, the City of Glass, the, you know, and that the adaptation What's of source? Paul, Aust Paul oh, okay. Auster's right. novel, okay. City of Glass, okay. and um, ah, okay, okay. Uh, you know, that said, I mean, they're they're two different works uh, that do different things, but you know, really, there's a just a an amazing achievement, you know, that. Just, just connects that you know connects with with this other material in one way, but really kind of is wholly original, man. Uh, the language, the drawing, in some ways, you know this. They, you know the, the you describe people describe comics historically as the seamless hmm. combination of words and pictures, and in, in, this in some ways this is like this. I mean, your language, this inventive Elizabethan hip hop argot that you've come up with, uh, it, you know, and the pictures. They, you know, they're they're great together. They're fa they're they're great separately in 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 some ways. They're fabulous together. Oh, there's a whole there's a whole That's different a world compliment. together. Yeah. So um, this is really great. Very quickly, while we have a little more time, mm -hmm. I just I want to know if you could tell us anything about Sunset Park, okay, and Slave Punk. Well, before I talk about those, I want people got to know that like. I, right now, I have out. Uh, Gratinin just came out on um, oh. Stila on uh, the Android. Oh yeah, so I, I saw something on Stila. Yeah, yeah what's up with that? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, yeah. Well, that's this where you can read more comics okay. of mine. Okay, yeah, 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 on yeah. Stila. Um, and also, I have uh, the shirt you're wearing. Attack oh yes, on Attack on yes, Attack yeah, on Titan a, anthology. And actually, it's on. Um, maybe it'll still be on, but it's on. Uh, it's online at Paste Magazine. They put my entire oh really yeah, yeah. they put my entire strip on there. But like, there's a whole book. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You can read mine for free. So yeah. I buy it. No, it's a beautiful hardcover <laughs> book, and it's a, and it's an anthology with yeah, yeah. an incredible group called Pope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an yeah. incredible group of artists yeah, yeah. on there. Uh, the we, Hanukkah we, Brothers. Family? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, Faith Aaron Hicks is mm. on there. I mean, it's really a, an incredible collection. Mm -hmm. Of artists and, and writers. Yeah, and coming in February, I have Black History in Its Own Words, which will be like... Yeah, what yeah, was yeah. that about? I saw that. Yeah, I saw yeah, that Yeah, it's going to be like 39 um, quotes uh, that I've picked from like the past and contemporary oh. um, of like luminary black figures, you know, and I've, Is this from and I've done too? portraits. Yeah, I've done right. portraits. Yeah, okay. it's going to be like, I think, eight by eight, you know, hardback. Beautiful, very nice, uh, very nice. And that's coming out in February? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. February 8th, I believe. All right, all right. Uh, but yeah. Black um, history in its own words. Yeah, yeah, man. I want, <laughs> hey, I've, yo, I've, I've put my foot in that one. Yeah, all right. Like, that's it, all right. Yeah, well, that's all right. pretty, pretty dope. <laughs> As for Sunset Park, that's what I'm writing right now, and I'm putting a lot of work into it. Uh, Slave Punk should come after, mm. uh, but the way I'm working, and really the way I've been working, even with, like, Gratman, like, since there are so many elements of my works that... Uh, I, I kind of lay a foundation that bleeds into the other work so like actually as I'm working on Sunset Park and working on Slave Punk like they are there are <laughs> other works that I have to um, 
that incorporate each other. So like yeah. that's all one universe. Like because um, I hear Sunset Park is you're reconstructing um, some a, a personality from like. Something that might be the journals of Basquiat. Or, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or so you know, am I telling too much? No, I mean, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not gonna say too much about it. All right, it, all right, like, all right. I'll say I like, mean, I mean, it's just, it's another, it's me, um, it's me. What I did with kind of like the play, it's me trying, it's me doing that, also with like um, <clears throat> romantic horror uh-huh. uh, from like the um, 19th century. This is another formal, a little bit formal grid that you're working out of, a or little, working through, a little or, bit, yeah. or hacking, or yeah, whatever yeah, a you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. But it's got some. I mean, but it's got a <clears throat> a broader time range of uh, a broader time range than say Prince of Cats. Although the Prince of Cats timeline is in Sunset Park, like all the stuff mm-hmm. happens, but like you know. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm kind of for like my universe for like my world. I'm working out like I'm working out like how you know like a lot of that romantic horror stuff fits into my universe, like you know the vampires yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Right, you know? right. Yeah, yeah. So and, and slave punk and slave punk is narrative wise. I don't really have like a the only sort of formal tradition that I've been looking into for that is like first person slave narratives some of the same uh, I actually already have a bridge between those two that I'm, I'm working on too it's just like it's a lot of work man <laughs> it's just a lot of work um, well, that's, I mean you know, be that's, patient I just tell people to be patient all right. like, you know I promise it's coming man yeah. like it's just you know it'll be worth the wait yo all right, I, all know, right. And when and when I have more to talk about, like I hope you'll have me back on. Like, hell, you, know, you can yeah. believe. Hell, yeah, yeah. yeah you can believe yeah. that. You know? So look, all right, Ron Wimbley, thank you for being on More to Come. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, you'll yeah, be back. Oh yeah. yes. Oh yes. <laughs> all right.